The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit mikesarchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. Man, if you guys weren't watching the stream leading up to this podcast, you'd really miss some good stuff, a.k.a. me double-punching record. You, well, um, no, you didn't double-punch it. Well, you just didn't just at didn't all. Well, didn't record at all. Big Arguably red, is worse. Big, big red light, completely missed it. And then um, I uh, missed my transition between, this, between Mike's archery and the intro, which I never do. I usually nail it. Second time, nailed it. Um, but here we are, podcast 135. And we have named this podcast Filming an Entire Hunt on a DSLR Against Our Will in Canada. And um, some of you might have hear that title or see that title and be intrigued. This is a cautionary tale. You know what? We need it to be more clickbaity. We, all caps. We need to do the all marks. caps. We ran a DSLR for a whole hunt, and it sucked. That's oh, what we need. I, can't, I mean, can I change the name after it's already you aired? You could. I will. I'll change the name because essentially I want this to be a a cautionary tale, kind of what I've already said, because I wasn't on this hunt, and I'm thankful for that. After I've heard everything that's came out of this hunt, it didn't go well. Um, <laughs> it was not a fun trip. Um, lots of time in the truck. And, um, you know, I think I'm just going to curate this one. I'm going to let you all have it. I'm just going to let y'all tell the story. You don't, you don't want to do that. Okay. Well, I don't, yeah, I probably don't want to do that because this is a children's, you know, family podcast. So, I will say to preface this because I'm going to get this out of the way before the hordes of mirrorless users come for me. Uh, I was already going to do this, but go ahead. I want to hear your side of this. I'm very outspoken about how I hate running DSLRs and mirrorlesses on hunts. We know this. For video. For video. Yes, of course. I pictures. Mean, pictures. Pictures. I yes. love it. They're the best thing ever. Um, the only thing. Well, you can't really take pictures on a video camera. Well, you can. You can get it like a instant. You can do like a still. But anyways, I know that as we go through this podcast, a lot of the problems that we have are remedied by solutions like cages, like additional accessories, like external monitors, like additional rigging. Like running these on a daily basis in video. Yes. And so I understand that there are pro there are solutions to all of our problems. Two things. One, we had none of those solutions because we don't run them for video. Two, as we've talked about before, in my opinion, I think in Caleb's opinion, I think in Clay's opinion, those solutions create more reason to just run a video camera. But that's, uh, that's my disclaimer. So don't come for us saying there's solutions. I know there's solutions. I know that you can run a DSLR or a mirrorless. 
comfortably, successfully, and with great image quality. So we have but so Thomas Thomas and yeah. Cody, both guys at Freelance Force, both run DSLR and, only. And Lane. And Lane. All run DSLR only. And it is a preference thing. But, and they run them, and they, they don't have the issues that we had. What? But the reasons that we had they're the issues we had. They're also rigged out for video. They're also rigged out for video, and they run those every single day for video. We do not. Here's the Here's the thing. Here's the reason they run them for video and don't run a big camera. It's because they haven't ran a big camera long enough. They run a big camera, and when we say big camera, we mean FS5, FS7, FX6, that type of camera, like a camera completely dedicated for video. It doesn't do images, really. Um, there's just they're so much better because they're, they're completely designed for that. Um, image, you can still get this just as good as image, you know, just as good as quality, things of that nature. But if you run a DSLR, the ergonomics alone will make you not want to run a DSLR again for video. Okay, all that out of the way. There's nothing wrong with running them. I think it's a great tool to learn on. But when you go on a trip like you just went on, I, I, I tell people it's kind of like shooting a bow. You're very confident in your bow that you've shot all year, you shot for two years to go on a hunt. Well, it's just like a bow that you've shot for two years and you show up on the hunt and the outfitter hands you a different bow and you have an hour to shoot it before you go out on the hunt of a lifetime. You have no confidence in that bow. You don't know anything about it. And can you get the job done with it? Absolutely. But it's going to be that much harder because it's it becomes a mental game. It becomes a confidence game. It becomes a you know, lack of practice and trying to figure it out as you go. And it's just not a, it's just not the same. Um, so I'm going to preface this story because I was on the sidelines. I was back in the States when you guys were trying to get across the border. So when you go to Canada, you're supposed to get a uh, work permit, work visa, things of that nature. You have to have those like six or eight weeks out. You do, and most people that work know they're going to Canada six or eight weeks out. We do not. We never we never know our schedule that far out. So when we go, we have to try and get across with camera gear sometimes, and some, we've never had problems really before. You know, we tell them we're going hunting, which we are, and they let us across, and it's not an issue. Well, you guys flew into Spokane, had a car full of camera gear. You had already had your COVID test delayed. So you had to wait for those and get new COVID tests and all that crap because Canada's a communist country. And you have your camera gear, all your hunting stuff, and then Lee and Tom have already went across. And I think that's what hurt you. Y'all didn't go across with Lee and Tom, but it wasn't y'all's fault. But anyway. And we, we afterwards found out there was a way to, quote, get around it actually legally. That why we didn't try that, I have no idea. But so Lee said, so like he could deem me the, quote, producer of the show. And you can't hire out the producer, like the head producer. So Canada lets me in with all the camera gear. I show them a list of my camera gear, say I'm hiring people in Canada. Ryer rides in with them as a hunter. I go in with all the camera gear by myself in a car mm-hmm. with no one with me. He's with them, mm-hmm. and I show up with all the gear. Yeah. So, there. I mean, there's obviously loopholes, and it's the government, so obviously we're always looking for loopholes. But and sometimes the loopholes work, and sometimes they don't. It's a game you play. So we've never had a problem. I've filmed in Canada a bunch. And I've never, I've never gotten a work visa, um, because I'm always working or hunting. You know, usually I'm hunting too, so it's 
I mean, it's it's legal to carry your own camera gear and, and film a hunt. So, whatever here nor there, we're not talking about the legal legalities or non legalities or whatever. But they get there with their camera gear and they won't let them across. So we had to rent a hotel room in Spokane, Washington, or outside Spokane, Washington, for all my camera gear. Well, sit we in. rented it in the in the next like the next town, the town that's yeah. fifteen minutes from the border. Yeah, so three three hundred and eighty dollars for camera gear. So three hundred eighty bucks just so my camera gear could sit in a room that they wouldn't let them take. They would let them take their picture cameras, DSLRs, to take pictures. <clears throat> so they get to film a whole hunt on DSLRs, which is our backup, you know, worst case scenario to film hunts with. And yeah. I know Ryer's pissed. I know Clay's not happy. I know Ryer's mad um, because we do not film video on DSLRs very often. If we do, it's on a slider or on a gimbal or some sort of like second angle, second angle or some sort of controlled environment. We never run it as our main camera. It's just we don't like them as our main cameras. And also, I think there's a big distinction to make between a DSLR and a mirrorless here because when we film on a picture-style camera, we're filming on a mirrorless. We're filming on your R5 or we're filming on your A7. We're not filming on my Canon 5D Mark IV. And I think that there's a few reasons why a DSLR is exponentially worse than a mirrorless still in this regard. Well, uh, and, and and we can talk about those, but um, I, don't I think, think that's we, an important distinction to make, that even when we I think, do usually I think those film, are going to come out as we talk about the podcast, yeah. why. But the main reason is electronic NDs, audio is a pain in the butt, you know, ergonomics, all those things. There's there's major, major upside to running a big camera. But when Canada won't let you come across with them and your only option is to carry your DSLR, you have to carry your DSLR. So I've laid the groundwork. What happened? What went wrong, guys? <laughs> when? The whole, yeah, Start. let's start from the beginning. I never realized how much I filmed from a low angle. Until I didn't have a top handle to hold on to to get a low angle. Yeah. I, I have definitely done the same exact yeah. thing. Luckily, you've been with Dudley when you do the R5 stuff. So it's kind of like just get what you get, go get a kill shot, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you are allowed to use a shotgun mic where mm-hmm. we had to use lav mics. So, yeah, the low angle kind of killed me. Yeah, I think for me especially because if for those of you who aren't familiar with it, the 5D Mark IV, great picture camera. I mean, it's been a staple of professional photography for years and years and years. And still is. Um, and still is. And it, I take all my pictures on them. Like any of the pictures that you've seen on my page or that I've posted that other people have posted of mine have been taken on the 5D Mark IV. Um, but it's got a few technical drawbacks now because it is becoming an older mm-hmm. uh, camera. Uh, it is a DSLR picture camera, so you've got video drawbacks there. And uh, it doesn't have an articulating screen. And so the only way I can view my image is off the screen that's just straight on the back of the camera. Fixed on the back of the camera. Fixed on the back of the camera. You can't flip it out. You can't flip it up. I mean, it's just on the back of the camera. And like Clay was saying, he didn't realize how much he films a low angle. Well, when you have to have your the camera in front of your face in order to see what you're filming, the um, your options for where you can place that camera become very limited. Because you also have to get in a position where you can see that. Mm-hmm. Instead of like 
I would probably say 50% of the time, I'm not in an optimal filming position when I'm in the FX6 and because I can hold it however I want. I just move the screen mm -hmm. to where I can see it. Before we go any further, the hunt was a moose slash mountain lion hunt where we literally sat in the back seat of a truck until we came across a moose or mountain lion track that they could put the dogs on. So you hunted moose with a dog? Well, they were only open for like the three days, th first three days that we were there. But they hunted them with a dog? No, oh, no. I was about to say. I've never heard of people but hunting. We were kind of doing it like it was they were in the same area, so you oh, would drive, gotcha. and if you cut a moose track. You go after the moose. Yeah, or you'd go glass for the moose, yeah. hoping to see them in a clear cut. And if you cut a mountain lion track. Put then, the dogs on it. Not Well, not quite. Then you have to go around and cut off all, like basically make a circle to make around sure an area. To cross the road somewhere else. To, uh, to hone in on the exact area he's in. Because you're in logging country, so there's roads everywhere. Yeah. So you cut a track here. Well, he's going into this block of woods. This is all we public crown land? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, now we need to go run all the roads around that. Yeah. And if there's a track here that looks like it's the same reason, see, well, he's moved through this block now of we woods. Gotta now we got to circle that. Now we got to circle that one. So the reason I say that is it was already hard enough to be creative sitting in a truck. Like, we were there for six days, and the dogs hit the ground three times. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's already hard to make that super creative and interesting as it is. So then adding all of our issues that we're about to talk about. Those nice help. conditions too, right? Like not snowy or icy. No, no nice yeah, and yeah. Clear. Well, that's the other thing that sucked is you have to have snow to see a track. And we had snow the first two days. Or no, the first day and the last day we had snow. All the other days we had no snow. Yeah. It just melted off. So, I mean, even there it's like you can only talk about bad conditions so long. Yeah. So continue sorry yeah so i think and when the dog the other thing that is difficult is with dogs you, there's no like slowing down or, or stopping or doing anything over and you don't want to make them like put the dog in the box get it back out of the box put the get the leash off the dog put the leash back on the dog get the collar off put it like you can't really redo anything and i don't know if any of y'all have ever tried to take pictures of or film a dog it's one of the hardest things to try to film mm -hmm. because they're unpredictable. They're these dogs have been in the dog box all day, two days, three days, and their they just want to run. Their ADHD is worse than yours. Yeah, they're ready to go. Like if you you try to get them out of the box, they're jumping fifteen feet away from the truck, and they just want to run. So you're trying to film these dogs, and it takes them maybe ten minutes to get all the dogs ready, and then they let them go, and they're gone. And then you sit and wait until they tree a cat. And then you, like, walk up there and hopefully, like, shoot it. But mm -hmm. as far as... The only, the only two cats that got treed got killed? Y'all didn't see any small cats? Nah. Uh -uh. Really? Yeah, we only put the dogs out three times. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go Dang. hunt mountain lions, this is a good place to go hunt mountain lions. Yeah. They got big mountain lions. And, and a decent amount of them. Yeah. Wolves, too. A lot of wolf tracks. Oh, yeah. But just as far as not... Talking about any camera challenges. Just the nature of filming this type of mountain lion hunt is very difficult because you're in a truck all day. There's only so many angles you can get in a truck. Um, there's only so many ways you can film, like, a mountain lion track on the ground. Uh, there's only so much you can do until you cut a track and decide that you're going to put the dogs down. And then you have, like, maybe five or ten minutes to get footage of five guys trying to put dogs out, and it's just a giant cluster of chaos, and then they're gone. 
and then you sit there until you can walk up on them, and then you got to hike up a snowy mountain yeah. with deadfall in, like, not a trail, and try to follow them with a camera and film that, which is already tough. It's hard to film somebody moving on a trail, much less trying to not fall down the whole mountain yourself. And so, and then once you get up on the tree, now you have to try to film the cat, which is difficult because, you know, there's probably only two lanes where you can see the cats up in a tree. You got to try to like lean over and film them that way. All the dogs are barking around. Everybody's trying to figure out where they can be to shoot the dog or shoot, not shoot the dog. Don't shoot the dog, shoot the cat. (laughs) And so just the nature of trying to film that is very difficult to begin with. And then you add on top of that, having a, camera system that you're really not familiar. I'm, I'm really familiar with my DSLR. I don't film on it. And so it's difficult to kind of just go on to autopilot with the DSLR because everything's in a different place. It operates completely differently. And I don't have any of the tools that I usually would use. Like um, I didn't have 4k on my DSLR, which we, the show this year is filmed in 4K. There's not 4K at all? Not, no. And, well, of course, I didn't have the amount of card space I needed to film Yeah. 4K because I only bring cards for pictures, really, yeah. and an emergency video if I have to. Um, so I didn't have 4K. I don't have slow-mo. So everything has to be real-time. So, like, those when dogs are moving around and stuff, that's opportunities that I would take to film slow-mo because you can really milk that milk that footage for yeah. a long time. So you don't have that. Um, and of course I'm trying to hold a, a DSLR like this. So I really don't have any stability and um, trying to pull focus with a DSLR well, on no, video is hard because no peaking. It, yeah, there's no support. I have no peaking. I can't see anyhow. So it's like for me, I rely a lot on peaking to find my focus. And so when I can't, well, I don't have that. It's very difficult for me to find my focus. And so you just add probably one of the more chaotic uh, and unpredictable hunts that you can film with a camera system that you're not familiar with. And really, as a bare bones, just camera is not meant for video. It's mm-hmm. not really made for running gun video. And you put them together, you just get like the worst possible combination of disasters to try to mitigate so some disasters happen what happened uh i mean if anybody follows me on instagram you're well aware that i for the first time in my career missed a kill shot um it was at the tree ran up to the tree um the cat is up in the tree and i'm trying to get video of this cat i've got the 70 to 200 on mine is not image stabilized and so uh i have did i don't I, again i don't know enough about certain technical things with hunting but you know like if you're trying to stabilize a gun to shoot you can hold it against the hold it against a tree Mm -hmm. to stabilize i did the same thing with my 70 to 200 trying to like stabilize it against the tree to get a a shot of this cat up in the tree and so i'm doing that and uh my hunter is he he, he's there to be filmed but also he's there to kill Mm -hmm. like it's it's one of those things where um he doesn't want to wait around for me to get shots yeah. of the mountain lion. Because you were with Lee's guest. I was with Lee's guest. And um, not to mention, apparently the cat was nervous in the tree. It was twitching its tail. Well, I would be nervous too if my dog Right. Well, me. sometimes they say like the cats literally will fall asleep up in the tree. 
because they're not worried about anything. They get comfortable. They're like, oh, the dogs are down there, whatever. But this cat was on very small limbs. It was nervous. It was twitching its tail. And so I probably got 30 seconds of uh, spam call. I got 30 seconds of footage. So you did get footage of it? I got footage of the cat. Okay. Yeah, about 30 seconds. It's not, I would not classify it as great footage because I'm handheld 70 to 200 with no slow-mo up against a tree. Like, it's just kind of is what it is. Um, and the hunter's behind me, and he starts yelling at me, get back here so I can shoot the cat. And okay, I'm like, okay, so I start trying to get back to him. Of course, the snow is that perfect uh, consistency of slush mixed with mud that makes it incredibly hard to walk in on the side of a hill. And so I'm trying to get back with one hand on a DSLR, trying to back up, not look where I'm going, and get to where I can still see the cat. So I'm looking at the cat, trying to scramble back this way. And uh, he yells at me to get down, and I'm still in front of the gun. But I've, Oh, he's gun hunting. Yes, yeah. he's gun hunting. Yeah. So gun. that's, yeah. again, I, I have no time, zero time. Um, and so he tells me to get down. I've heard people say that enough that I was, I was just like immediately stopped what I was doing, got down, and was about to start filming. And he goes, no behind the gun and I was like oh, okay he's not shooting now I'm gonna go behind the gun you know my first instinct when somebody says to get down and they have a gun I just get down get down immediately because yeah. that has happened yeah and it's not fun I don't like I don't like it but guys get excited and they do dumb things mm-hmm. um so you know I get down whatever and he says get back here so okay now I have to start that process again I'm trying to figure out where I can be to film it and somewhere in that process I had press the record button so i have a bunch of footage of the ground Mm -hmm. um and then of course i get up get the framing on the animal and i've got 40 million things running through my mind and i just think that okay i press record now i'm recording and i didn't think to check for the little red blinking light there was just i was focused on five million things he shoots the cat okay we're we're uh go do all the recovery stuff and then I get back to the truck, and I go to look at the footage because I'm like, okay, I wonder what the footage looks like. And uh, I realized that I had double-punched the record button. So I had pressed the record button on accident while scrambling back, and when I went to hit the record button to actually record the kill shot, what you I had done is stop the clip. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get the kill shot, which was really disheartening to me. Um, not super stoked on that. Uh I guess it happens to everybody, but it, it has uh, happened. Yes, I was hoping that it wouldn't have happened to me. I thought I had gotten this far. I was like, okay, I'm doing pretty good. I haven't had that happen to me, uh, but it did. This is your I, first kill you've ever had to film on DSLR, too, isn't it? Yes, uh, this is the first hunt I've ever had to film on a DSLR. Really? Yeah. Um, well, no, I guess I filmed some of Dud's stuff on an R5, mm. but never had to do a kill though. No. So it was just kind of a tough, the man. perfect disaster of yeah. of chaos, me not really being familiar with my equipment, and then just being so overwhelmed with the situation that I just didn't do all of my checks yeah. and ended up missing the kill shot. So, um, you know, I already wasn't super stoked about having to run a DSLR on the trip. Yeah, well, and then I, that knew, happened. I knew you weren't. I weren't, no, wasn't stoked for you all to have to do it either, but. I mean, I've had to do it with Dudley just because he likes a, a small package, you know, small and being able to be mobile and quick. But now that with that FX6, now I've run it on all his hunts and he's 
loved it. So yeah, I've graduated away from not having to do it anymore. I hope, but which, uh, which I think says a lot for for um, cinema rigs because mm-hmm. Dudley has been a guy who's been very outspoken about. He thinks that cinema rigs slow you down, mm-hmm. and so uh, whenever you film with him, he wants you to use a, a mirrorless because uh, it's supposed to be faster. Yeah. Well, his other argument is is he gets a lot more from the Instagram photos right. and stuff yeah. too. So. Yeah, and, and that, which I agree with. Yeah, and it keeps you only having to carry one camera around, but still would rather carry a big camera. But right. so you had audio issues. Yeah. So apparently, um, considering I never film on a DSLR, I never use the audio jack on my DSLR, and I realized morning number one that my audio jack just doesn't work. So I had peaking, I had high speed. And I just didn't have audio. Luckily, literally nothing happened. We never got out of the truck for two days. So then, how did you eventually get audio? Tim? Yeah, so when I was filming, I had... Tom, Tom killed on the second day. Mm-hmm. So after Tom killed on the second day, we only had one more day to moose hunt. And Lee was like, well, we haven't seen a moose in three days. So let's just go after a mountain lion. So we all rode around mountain looking for tracks and stuff. And once we found one, we all got together because... Which was actually really cool because I've done a lot of hunts where the host has a guest and the guest will kill first and he'll bounce out. And Tom stayed like the entire time, which I thought was cool. Well, Tom wanted to be there for everything and Ryer was with Tom. So Ryer just took the lav mic, put it on his camera, had all his audio. And then since I had high speed, it made sense for me to do all the high speed stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, when we were apart, he had my um, he had my mic package. Yeah. and I So would, when I, I was just filming after Tom had killed, and I was just in the truck with Tom, or I, uh, two separate days. I went with uh, one of the two guides, separate one each day. Um, I just had my camera, and he had the um, he had the the, the microphone. Mic. And what I did is I held the camera with my right hand, got focused, and had to basically turn the three point five millimeter jack till I could get audio and try to hold it there while Lee talked for seven minutes on an interview and hope it didn't cut out. God bless. Yeah. Yeah, it's so bad, man. And it was just a doomed for that whole trip was just doomed from that point of view the whole time. But him and I talked about it, which we can talk about once we get done ranting about how bad it sucked. You could actually do a really cool almost blue stem type deal with that because there's so many people involved in one animal that do totally different jobs that you could do something really cool with that. Oh, I bet. But we'll go on to issue. If you showed up, I think if you showed up with a... I think there's a certain way you have to approach filming a mountain lion hunt that none of us had been aware of or considered beforehand because Lee had not done one. Neither of us had done one. I've done one. And it was very uneventful, but we right. did it. Yeah. And so um, we showed up just kind of like, okay, well, we'll approach this the same way. And we, we you do also otherwise. did it for an eight-minute, eight to ten-minute web show where we had to, were doing it for a twenty-two-minute TV show. It ain't gonna be a twenty-two-minute TV show now, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. <laughs> um, so I think there's a different way to approach a mountain lion hunt that would, I think, help kind of span that frame of time where the hunter is not doing anything. So when we're not doing anything with the hunter, it's there's nothing you can really film. But that doesn't mean that there's not other things going on. I yeah. mean, when we're not, when the hunter is not doing anything, usually 
one to three to four guides are out doing something. They're running roads on a snowmobile. Uh, they're hiking in on a track to see how far it goes or if there's a kill up there, if the mount, if the mountain lion has a kill, uh, something like that. Or um, they're driving around cutting off other roads or they're out with their dogs, you know, because once they release the dogs, they kind of follow the dogs and try to get them going in the right direction. And then once they treat the cat, those guides are there. And then that's when the hunter comes up. So there's always stuff going on, but if you're just with the hunter, it's can be very uneventful for a lot of the time. Yeah. And so I think that to approach it differently, you would want some guys with the guides who are actively out doing things all the time so that you could have um, the perspective of what's going on to find track and eventually tree this mountain lion and then... You get one guy with the hunter, and then once the hunter goes, now, okay, now both of those storylines come together. Because it kind of sucked where, like, because, I mean, Lee, we'd always do dialogue pieces, and Lee would always be like, you know, Nate found this track, or the other guy, or uh, Clay, who wasn't as cool as me, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) He he was always like, they found this track, and their dogs, and this and that, which is awesome that he's talking about all the people are there, but we don't have anything to, like throw in or yeah, whatever so yeah, it's like yeah. if you could have you just don't have the visuals for that right yeah so like if if we he ryer was or lee was like if we don't kill we're going to come back in january and i was already trying to find a way to convince him to bring two guys that way i could go with lee and we could send ryer with someone else mm-hmm. and actually get all of that mm-hmm. so that would have been this time we would have needed three guys because there were two hunters and that never would have happened because mm-hmm. of logistics but that would have been a cool way to do it and getting into canada so what else? What else bad? Everything else is bad. Did we get at least some good stuff? Well, on Lee's, we had some audio issues. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I think that just stems back to switching microphones between cameras, and again, um, something the, we never do, so we right. never have to do. When his right. DSLR doesn't show audio channels when you're recording, you have to like <laughs> when you hit record to see the audio channels on a DSLR, you have to go into the audio menu. And see them on the audio menu, which means you can't see your screen. Yeah, you can't monitor them like you can on a big camera. Imagine right. that. Which I yeah. can, but my audio jack was. Cracked, yeah. So when so. I'm, when we're running after a mountain lion up a hill, I'm just kind of operate. And of course, I fell down an entire mountain after we killed the first mountain lion because I wanted to laugh, but I knew he was having a bad day, so I just laughed on the inside. <laughs> yeah. When I say I fell down an entire mountain, I really did fall down an entire mountain. Like it was almost like one of those things. Well, you told me you know how to crash. I do. I didn't get hurt, but it Ryer, wasn't fun mentally. So Ryer, mentally, I was very frustrated <laughs> Ryer because I'm I'm falling down. I I already was frustrated. And this was before I realized that I had double tapped the record button. Yeah. So I'm already frustrated because I feel like I have not gotten the amount or quality of footage that I wanted to get. Yeah. And uh, both of you can vouch for me. I'm a I'm a perfectionist of a very high degree to a fault to a fault. Um, and so when I don't feel like I've done as good of a job as I feel like I should do, I get very frustrated with myself and just situations in general. Um, and so throughout the whole lead up to this kill, like I just wasn't able to get the stuff I felt like I wanted to get. 
Um, and then I knew that, you know, the kill footage was going to be kind of shaky and there wasn't a whole ton of it just because of how quickly things happened. Um, and so I'm already frustrated. Uh, I'm stoked that we killed a mountain lion, super stoked, uh, on that. And then we have to go down the hill and the whole time I'm just falling down the whole thing. (laughs) I'm falling down the entire mountain, fighting deadfall, like grabbing onto things to stop myself. You're just falling and sliding and banging into deadfall and I'm trying to hold my camera up so that it doesn't, you know, get knocked into something because this is my only camera now. I don't Mm -hmm. even have a backup for this camera. (laughs) Do we have Osmos or second angles or anything? Okay, so we do so we do have Yeah, we have Osmos and Tacticams and Yeah. On the kills and everything too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So they're potentially audio on some of those things? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I Do we have all that backed up as a server? Doing it right now. Okay. So um, what is that? My phone. That phone's ringing. Oh. oh. Sorry, that guys. very loud. Well, it's probably vibrating through the mount. Oh. But so, so anyways, I fall down. I fall down this entire mountain, um, which, I mean, if anybody's ever just basically fallen down a mountain for 30 to 40 minutes, it gets to be frustrating when <laughs> you can't even walk. <laughs> so that happens and then i get back to the truck and i'm like okay i'm gonna go check the footage and then i find out that i was a cotton-headed nitty muggins and uh double punch the record button so overall nitty muggins wow okay ryer had a a very terrible he's been thinking about that all day he didn't just come up with that he's i did no i literally you never heard cotton-headed i have but you don't just come up with that like on the spot he's been thinking about how he's going to use that no i have not i actually haven't i would admit to it if i had i have not Anyway. I was just trying to think of a good way to call myself an idiot. So all three of us really try to be super positive on hunts, even when they're complete dog doo-doo like this one was. And when Ryer and I were in private, we were very, very negative with each other because we knew it both sucked. But like around Lee and Tom, we were yeah. positive. And Ryer is a very positive person compared to me. He usually <laughs> calls me the cranky old guy. And... At the point in time when I was taking pictures and he was falling down the mountain, he was above me on the mountain and slid down so far that, like, he basically hit the limb or the tree that I was leaning up against to take photos. And I looked down, and the only time that since the time I've known Meyer, he looked at me and gave me the stab me and leave me here look right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he was on his back with his backpack on his back and his DSLR on his chest, and he was looking straight up at me, like directly under me, and just gave me the stab me and leave me here look. (laughs) I mean, you guys know I'm usually, I'd try to be like the goofy, funny one. Can you think about how many times that's happened to you, though? Like, how many times have you had that, that bad of a feeling? That's the worst trip I've ever been on. But and it was never condi- it wasn't the conditions it wasn't hunting it was the filming situation that Man. made it off it wasn't the people nothing like yeah it was literally the it filming was just conditions. okay here's the thing I'm really glad this happened to y'all <laughs> well, I I am okay here's the reason well because so- I've had a lot of those trips <laughs> but I've been doing this for ten years okay everybody needs one of those. Every so often, so you appreciate the good ones. It's kind of like the so opposite of a slump buster. Yes, it is. Well, <laughs> it's a it's break instead of breaking up a slump, it's breaking up all of the good stuff. What are we doing here? Uh, they're not getting audio on the live stream, so I'm gonna go fix it. Oh, probably because your phone rang and it changed the mic. So. Oh, did it really? Yeah. Oh well. But yeah, I mean, out of, out of this being my sixth year, I mean, it taking that long for it to be a 
crap hunt, I mean, I'll take it. And it was like I said, it wasn't even the hunt. Yeah. But, and it was actually the coolest part was I don't try to get all sentimental on crap with animals because like just hunt animals and shoot them. But like it was kind of cool seeing Lee light up and want to take photos and film an animal that he had never hunted and never killed. Yeah. So he got to wipe one off of his North American big or twenty nine or whatever. And that one's on player. Um, it. I've had two hunts that stick out in my mind as is being that bad. One was Alaska, which I was telling you all about earlier. The other one was New Mexico with Brock last year. That was a really bad trip. The muzzleloader. Yes. Oh, that was a horrible trip. Even worse than the one with Dudley this year where you hiked after that? Oh, yeah. It was worse. Yeah, that one with Dud was was bad, but that place was so pretty. And uh, that was just like... I guess you would you might have a different outcome if you didn't end up killing a bull. Yeah, that, I bet you if you just unplug it and plug it right back in, and I bet it'll come back. Oh, did you? Is it still not still working? Well, I mean we're we're pretty much done anyway, Ryer. So there's no sense yeah. in messing with it. But um, I don't know unless, unless there's something else you wanted to talk about because I don't have anything else to talk about. I don't know. Um, I didn't know if we were going to do a fall review yet, even though it's technically not over. But we already know what we're doing you after this. What? You remember, you forget you're not, we can't hear you because you're not on your thing yet. Killing me, Smalls. Mm. That's what y'all get. That's what y'all get for the end of the podcast. Sorry. Um, um, so. I mean, we, that's probably straight to Ryer, so. We had a, we had a, <laughs> we, we had <laughs> a. how cross-site works. Ryer and I kind of went through the falls to, to, to date. While you were gone, but you had the day you killed your deer, you weren't here. That I killed with broadheads I got from MikeArcher.com. <laughs> Did you really? No, but. Oh. You didn't have to. I, I couldn't lie to you, but. Well, you could have just I lied. Can't, I can't Come lie on, to the viewers. Man. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, the day you killed the deer, we did that last podcast, and we kind of gave an update. We kind of gave an update for you. Probably not as good as your update would have been, but you. how many days, do you know how many days you've been gone this year? 97 and a half. Total or just the fall? Just just since August. Do you remember how many you did in the spring? No, I'd have to look because we didn't really do that much turkey stuff. So most of the stuff would have been. I mean, I went all that. Because Nicole says I've got 150 this year. Well, we can rough it. Audad for a week, Alabama for a week. That's 14. Florida for four days. Well, no, we went to Florida three times for a week. Yeah, weekend. I was say we were in fr- freaking Florida three so weeks in a row. We can call that nine. So fourteen and nine is twenty-three. I was in Kentucky for <clears throat> six days, so that's twenty-nine. Um, the Keys for four days, so that's thirty-three. Um, so we're all right about one thirty to one fifty. Yeah. I probably, out of the three of us, have the fewest amount of days because you were throughout, yeah, throughout <laughs> the um, winter, spring, and summer, I was doing a lot of editing. So, so I guess you get to do this this Arizona mule deer if we do it in January. <laughs> Look, Ryder's completely over mule deer. He's I, mule deered out. It's just only so long. That I can sit in a truck and be creative. Like, I just, it's very difficult for me because of my ADHD and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, if there's. <laughs> okay, well, here's a good question. So, so that was definitely your worst trip of the year. So, mm-hmm. Ryder Clay, what was your best trip of the year to date? 
favorite trip of the year? Go ahead. Hmm. Well, I did some shrooms, and I'm just kidding. I didn't do shrooms. I just thought that would be a funny thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, See, I always feel feel weird saying my favorite trip because I feel like if – like okay, the clients, your, okay, the, what, I feel like if the clients listen to this, they're gonna be like, "You don't like like Brock." What was your favorite? I feel like if Brock listens to this, he's like, "Man, you didn't. Your favorite trip wasn't with me when I gave you and those it, sick Air Force Ones." What was, the, yeah, what was your so favorite? Feel, okay, then what was your favorite place? If you don't want to say your favorite trip, what was your favorite place? Um, I'm gonna get made fun of for mine, so I might as well go ahead and say it. Yeah, it was when he killed his first two deer. That was your favorite trip. Mm-hmm. That was such a heartwarming moment. <laughs> God. Wait until I turn the podcast off where y'all start or kissing here. or something dumb. <laughs> no, I just think it's cool. Like, It was. It was cool. We got to get you a freaking I, turkey this spring. And I got, That's the and goal. And I got some sick photos. Did get some sick photos. That was, we have to kill a turkey. You got to kill a turkey this spring. Yeah, I'm trying. I tried last <laughs> well, year twice. Well, when, when Clay's gimped up, he's got the spring planning. Like, that's his job is to plan spring. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, I would say <laughs> Clay's got to have knee surgery. Yeah, he he's getting old. Uh, I yeah. think my favorite trip was probably uh, the elk hunt in Colorado. Would oh, Brantley. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it and it's That's fair. I mean, yeah, you can't really beat that. Well, I I think it was even though su- I think it was fun. Me, happy Thanksgiving, and not you. Yeah, well, <laughs> what are you gonna do? It's fine. Nobody. <laughs> I'm well used to it by now. I just sit around here, grinding, creating amazing imagery, fantastic edits, and then Matthews posted one of your photos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that's dude. They don't. They don't. Po- they're like Sitka. They very rarely post something that's not one of their photographer stuff. So you yeah. should be. I, I was I was pretty. And I mean, you're not one of the best in the industry, but <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that. Let's let's get into that. Let's not. <laughs> I think we should stay away from that right now. Um, no, I didn't even know that Matthews posted that actually until uh, I was sitting in the airport and nice. RT Bailey sent me a uh, uh, Instagram message. He's like, "This you." I saw, so you know how you see the messages? It said this you, and I thought it was like, oh, somebody saw a big bearded man somewhere look like a ginger beard. Because that happens to me frequently. I get like a message every month of, and it's usually like, obviously it's not me. Yeah. But people are like, oh, it's another big bearded guy with a red beard. Uh, if I send this to Ryer, this you, huh? And he's usually doing something <laughs> stupid or like, like he's riding fat a bike. eating, <laughs> which I do, and I am. Um, but no, it was it was my picture of Lee in Alberta, yeah. and I was like, "Oh yeah, I did take that." Yeah, um, nice. So yeah, that was cool. Uh, I but I enjoyed Colorado not just for, um, you know, being able to hang out with Brantley and and uh, all the guys that were super cool. But I it was like a super, uh, I don't know, it was really scenic. Come back home moment for you? Well, I like I enjoy Colorado, but it was cool because we were staying at like a camp with no electricity, and it was just like lanterns and. The night sky was really cool, and it was just kind of a cool little camp experience. So I enjoyed that. Mine was probably kill, film and Tiff kill that big deer in the middle of October because I realized as it was happening, I had, I had not not only not filmed out of a tree stand, but filmed a kill out of a tree stand in like 
two or three years. I think really? You, I think you and I talked about it. it would have been South Dakota with Brian last year, wouldn't it, that you filmed out of a tree stand? Yeah, and the last kill would have been probably him. Probably him in Alberta. Yeah. If he wouldn't have missed the ne- year after that, it would have been that year. Hey, but Nate Dog Thomas joined. Oh, liked the part of their date. Well, <laughs> and he's got the ganked up, and he gets the ganked up freaking thing. Nate, just go before yeah. before you edit the footage <laughs> from this mountain lion hunt. You need to go listen to this episode. Yeah. And then call Ryer and Clay and yell at them because oh, I already, was not he involved. Knows. Okay. He said, perfect, exclamation mark, love Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, he, need to, you need to call Clay because Clay is the executive field producer. So the thing is, there the is I, would, I would venture to say there is very little to nothing Nate Thomas hasn't seen go wrong on the filming end from an editing standpoint. And he has had to make chicken salad out of some true chicken crap for uh, I know I've had to do it, but Has I've he not. ever used Canadian chicken crap. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I, I've had to do it. I've probably not but had to do it we, as much as he has. We have talked. To, uh, we talked to those guides in Canada that we were with, and like literally, the town that we got stuck in trying to cross the border three times was like five minutes from the border, and the town we stayed in in Canada was like fifteen minutes from the border. So, I mean, they cross that border all the time, like going to U.S. to get stuff. And they said they use that border as a training facility. So that's probably why they were harder on us. Because, like, we went through mm. Alberta, no issues. Hey, what are you doing? Hunting. Where are you going? Here. Okay, see you, bye. And then Canada, or not Canada, but the other British Columbia was like an, Soyuz. Act, an act of Congress. Mm-hmm. Well, if British you have to Columbia, go through the Soyuz one, that's the one we well, had problems with. So British just, Columbia is like the Illinois of the states because they have Vancouver. Like, yeah. Vancouver is like the Chicago. It's not good. Um, I think that's it. That's all yep. I wanted to talk about. Yep. I think to, to make this a positive learning experience <laughs> just to bring the positive. for everybody <laughs> so that we can make this not just us complaining about stuff. Can we leave it stuff. negative? No, I'm trying to turn over a new leaf after being uh, being <laughs> angsty last week. Um, is angsty a word? Yes. Okay. It is. Sorry. I haven't heard that before. So Well, okay. now you have. It's $5 word. Um, film with a cinema rig. Rule number one. Yeah. Rule number two, if you're not going to film with a cinnamon rig, you need to make investments that will help you run it more efficiently. You're going to need a cage. You're going to probably need uh, some kind of audio splitter, uh, and you're going to want redundant audio because that's why we had audio problems is because Didn't we had only audio. one way to get audio. Re- redundant audio meaning you have a shotgun. two sources of audio, shotgun and a lav that the shotgun always stays on and you can monitor. Yep. Um, so invest in something like that. Uh, get you a cage with multiple handling points so that you've got a top handle you can run it on. You've got side handles, all that sort of stuff. At that point, though, you should just buy cinema rig. Right. That's why it was rule number one. Um, and then... <laughs> if you just follow rule number one, you don't have to follow any of the rules other rules. Rules two, three, and four. And then rule don't number four <laughs> is you probably will need an external monitor. And you don't want to go to Canada. And rule number five, don't go to Canada. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's all I got. We got a couple other... We're going to... I. Ryder and I leave on Monday. I'll be gone for like a week or so. Ryder will be back. But when we get back around Christmas, after Christmas, hopefully things will start slowing down. And I've got like a lot of podcasts I want to try and get done. Um, But we've got a couple edits, a couple things that we're like behind on trying to get caught up. So we're 
more open now than we were, but we're still not open. free yet. So, um, got uh, virtually a month of the season left. Got a couple more, you know, trips here and there, but, um, I can't believe it's December. Are we, Holy are crap. we going to ATA? Have you said I'm not? I, I'm I not think going. I am going to go, um, because Chuck wants to go for a day. And Spy Point has hired two new marketing people, and I want to go out there and meet them. And Lee and Tiff are going, so yeah, they have to go kind of feel an, like they I have to go for analogics. Analogics, okay. So I, I feel like I need to go for them. So I'll probably go up like Friday and then Saturday morning and come back. Okay. So I think that's what, but I got to find a pass because I'm not paying them six hundred dollars. Well, I'm sure Lee and Tiff can get you. A pass. Well, that's what I'm going to probably try and do. So anyway, all right. Um, if y'all have questions, email us. We're still doing the editing class, February fourth through sixth. You can sign up, How check a couple that? posts. It's not full yet. We still got plenty of room if people want to come. I know it's a little more expensive, but I've got like trust me, space for ten people in my office. Trust me, it's going to be worth the money. I promise you. If it's not, I'll give you all your money back. Promise you. Anything? No. All right. Peace. <laughs>